Hello and welcome to Aussie Wisdom. My name's Chris Anderson and today's guest is Justin Hume from Knowledge Flux. Justin's had a really interesting career in the IT industry in Australia. He um, he's worked on a whole lot of projects and then he went through and he built something and that was Knowledge Flux. And it went really well, but he's decided he's going to change a few things. So what we're going to do today is walk through what he's done up till now and then towards the end of this, we're going to have a look at what's going on in the future. So Justin, based on that, what can you tell us up till now? It, it was funny. Uh, at school, I, I decided that I didn't want to do technology. I said, I'm not doing IT. Um, two years later, I enrolled into IT. After printing the programmer's paycheck, I figured that was all right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I did an IT degree on, the, on business um, information systems. and. I got quite interested in uh, knowledge and, and strategy and how knowledge can be captured in computers and, and how to uh, turn that into, into value. Um, it's a tricky area, a um, lot of failures in that area. Uh, so I then went down to Canberra, worked for a big consulting company, um, CGI and uh, multi-billion dollar projects, um, ATO immigration, then uh, moved into uh, web portals um, for um, large organisation to work for Rio Tinto for five years looking after their intranet slash portal. These things are there to help people get access to to um, information or data or processes people, that, that's what they do. And I always thought that uh, it could be better. Um, the work that people do, how do we capture that and encode that and, and build bodies of knowledge that are digitised so that we can um, automate um, things like information delivery or on-the-job training or, or shorten up process to go, hey, we always repeat this thing or, or we kind of expect this behaviour, so let's automate it. Um, and that, that's sort of where, where Knowledge Flux um, came from. And that, that would have been 2011 after working as a contractor for about uh, seven or eight years. Mm -hmm. um, and so when, when you started at Knowledge Flux, was there a big question that you were looking to answer or, or how did it all sort of start out? You went, you've you obviously been working with information <laughs> in, these, in these big companies and you could see that things could do it better. Did, did you have a starting point or did you meet some people and get some I took a year or? off. Yeah, right. I took a year off. Um, my aunt lives in Colorado, so in Aspen they have the Ideas Festival, which um, really inspired me. It's not cheap to go to, but um, I talked to people who are very well known, met Marissa Mayer from Google, um, talked to venture capitalists, and all this was new to me, startups, and but over in the US obviously it's huge. Mm. So I just saw so many ideas um, in from defense, politics, science, technology. Um, I came back and just did a big mind map and I had 60 ideas and I thought, what do I do? I'd done a bit of coding so I knew how to make stuff, but uh, I then, realized I need to make money, so I started to think about how I could do services to, to make that happen. Mm -hmm. So I started um, a services business and it grew a lot quicker than I expected. Mm -hmm. um, I hired someone with not much money in the bank um, and then along comes the first project, we're making a product um, and then we got more projects and more projects and within 18 months I think we were um, about eight, nine people. Okay. Um, Clients were Dreamworld, um, Brisbane Markets, uh, and some interstate companies as well. 
Uh, I reached out to SAP because I'd worked with SAP a lot at, at Rio Tinto. They had a startup program, so joined that. Mm-hmm. And you get access to their um, technologies and, and the ideas as you build on top of that. And uh, they liked what I had, and, and quite quickly I found myself getting pushed into building a product that I probably wasn't really ready to make. Okay. Because um, I was still exploring the space, and and uh, it's a space where in the early 2000s there was a lot of failures of people trying to do knowledge technology. Mm-hmm. Um, so nevertheless, I, I um, we, we made uh, a product for this competition that was global. That was a, sorry, it was a proof of concept. and. Uh, Ended up in Orlando at the SAP conference, um, presenting on SAP TV, mm-hmm. and we got runner-up most innovative global award. Mm. But it was quite hard to take that idea to market because it was more like, um, how do you report on the knowledge created and generated? This is things like documents people create or consume, or it's sort of how do you measure the, the information consumption and creation. Okay. Um, but it was just too hard to pull the data together for that. Mm-hmm. And so that prototype turned into a new product, um, which uh, was actually, it's, a, it's like an intranet. It's like a, a digital workspace that is designed to make it easier to find things, to work together, to see processes, to visualize the steps. Mm. And that, that led into that. And that sort of took us all the way through to 20, 2016. Um, all right. And yeah. so when you'd actually built Knowledge Flux and you'd built that product, did you also then feel that that grew quicker than you expected or or how did that all sort of look? Like was it was it a case of... Yeah, look, and this, this is a lesson I'm happy to share this. Um, uh, we took on too much cost in what really was a project funded company. Okay. So cost being um, HR staff and eventually that led to um, an undoing of okay. almost an undoing of the of the of the group of companies. Um, so happy to explain that. Um, so the tech the tech was it, it excited a lot of CIOs. I'd presented at, at, at conferences um, where you have one on one meetings with with CIOs. I'd been to three of those and uh, met some mentors who are CIOs, um, and they sort of helped guide me and, and coach me and connect me. But still, we we were. Sort of struck. We weren't funded like a U.S. company would be with millions of dollars. We, mm. I'd hired um, a number of graduates, uh, an associate professor, so we had some senior people and some junior people. Um, one continued to win project work on something with the university here, um, and uh, unfortunately, um, we, we we won the work and uh, did the prototype, but the the funding uh, slowed up. Mm-hmm. And I'd put, I'd restructured the company because the, the, the university product was actually quite a cool thing and mm. there was five other unis interested in it. Um, and it was based a bit on our, the core technology we were making. Um, but that, because that project slowed up um, and because of the HR debt we had, it, it ended up going ahead, mm-hmm. but it was a bit late and I didn't know much about HR debt. Right. Every time you hire someone, there's, a, Roughly a ten thousand dollar liability if you have to pay them out at a mm. certain point. Okay. So um, yeah, um, you don't learn this in an IT degree. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, you probably don't learn it in a business degree either. Yeah, 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 yeah. On your on your balance sheet, you want a HR liability cost. To, mm. um, anyway, uh, so yeah, that that I was lucky that that 
that product and that company was set up in a subsidiary and I did that because I was expecting to chase capital and funding because I'd have one university and I'd have another four universities. We'd have um, good regular revenue, potentially five, ten year contracts. Yeah. Um, so it was, I thought we'd made it. Right. I thought it was, okay, that's it. Um, but the opposite happened when the project funding slowed up. It took, mm -hmm. took nine months before it kicked off. and. Uh, that company ended up um, insolvent. Okay. And that, that put everything on ice, and that's really been the case until um, oh, really middle of this year. when So started to crank things up again and okay. ideas for a new product. Yeah, yeah. Because the big product we were making that, that, um, that, that is the intelligent workspace, um, it's got a big upfront cost to, to, to get into that. It's hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. It needs a mil, uh, two and a half million to finish the product. Okay. So we're talking big money. Um, yeah. It would be a great product, but the challenge is the sale is, you know, it's not like um, cloud software or SaaS products where you might be getting high volume, low pricing revenue. Mm -hmm. This is big ticket, few mm. sales. So there's more risk yeah. in that type of business model. Yeah. Um, but we knew that and we figured that that was the, uh, the way to go. So the new product we're looking at is um, it's actually uh, created to make software or digital products easy. We want to make it a fairly straightforward process to go through to, to build a product um, that's online or in the cloud, has cloud-based revenue, is user-centric, user designed around users, and most importantly, um, not too hard to manage. We don't want you to have an IT degree to manage your, your digital product. So just so I'm sort of clear, you, you built Knowledge Flux, and a lot of what you did was in a 3D gaming environment, which could make it look like really anything you wanted, yes. look and feel. Yeah. And it's like Minecraft, but okay. for work. Right. That's cool. And so, because you've done all of this, you're now in a position to be able to make digital products for other people or? Well, yeah, that's interesting. Um, having gone through the process of building a product and, and um, I wouldn't say making mistakes, but, but choosing, choosing hard problems rather than easier problems, yeah. um, uh, I learned a lot about, my career has been designing software, yeah. uh, usable software. So, okay. Um, the front of it and the back of it, mm -hmm. um, and that process is could be easier. So you go. That's part of the process you go through when you make a product. Of course, there's the the marketing, the business model, the the, the business side, and then that flows into um, features that do stuff of value. Mm. So we're stitching all that together. But having gone through one product mm -hmm. and 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 been through that, I've gone. Well, hold on, that process can be easier, and it's also something I've done and I know a lot about, and you know, pretty passionate about. Sure. Um, so I could be a young guy with a few ideas but no real IT knowledge who could potentially come to you and you could work out a solution or? There's probably different levels of, of users for this. Um, yeah. It's not going to be something that, you know, say you got a thousand bucks for a website. Mm -hmm. It's probably not going to, at the moment, it's probably not going to hit that market. It's more. Um, a small or medium-sized company that may have a budget of 50, 100 grand to start with. Cool. Um, but they may not have the resources mm -hmm. uh, to, to have their own full-time IT staff. Yeah. 
so they can go through and it's kind of like building a house you'll sort of be given the tools to put the the plans the floors the the, the, the piping the electrics you can kind of drag all that stuff on mm -hmm. and then once it's put together um, we could help you build it we might depending on budgets we might have people here or we might have people offshore sure. um, and this will give the the transparency and and ideally the QA that you have to go okay I'm not dealing with some yahoos offshore somewhere who are just going off on a tangent mm. we've talked about the shape of this house right we've, we're gonna make these walls and these windows and these doors why have you made that stuff because it wasn't on the plan yeah so okay. sort of the, the the traceability and visibility we want to we want to bring in but also simplify the process and so if if I looked at the opportunity of coming to see you but then I was looking at other options in the market, would I find many or? You'll find patches. Okay. So you might, um, what will power this tool, the processes, it's been around for 20 years, but it's uh, arguably academic. Um, uh -huh. uh, we're, I've simplified it. Um, but that process, uh, you'll see tools that hit the sort of the business planning quadrant you'll see tools that hit the design quadrant you'll see tools that hit the project management quadrant and you'll see tools that hit the sport quadrant mm. you don't see anything that really pulls it together mm. we're not trying to play just in one we might integrate rather than sort of compete if that makes sense stitch sure. it together yeah and so really you could be that one contact that someone would have when they have a fifty thousand dollar budget let's say to pull something together. You can do the majority of it for them based on what you're developing. Yeah, we want to make that process, um, put it, if people want to own more of the process, they can. Mm -hmm. um, and in doing that, um, you'll save money for development because that's ultimately where you turn ideas into reality. Mm. Cool. And so, do you expect that there's going to be much of a team around to have to help you, or will you be able to do a lot of it? Or so Knowledge Flux is a is a team. Yep. Um, I set it up, but uh, there's a, a number of co-founders. Um, there's four of us at the moment, um, and I'm open to expanding that. I, I work a little bit uh, differently to some startup models. Okay. Some startups have like equal co-founders or. Some some startup models have just one. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sort of, I'm something in between. So I've sort of driven and and been the idea for a lot of this stuff. But um, if people want to get involved and help, um, then it's 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 a win-win outcome is what I look for. So we've got the team and the diverse skills to make this happen. Yeah. Um, and in parallel, we're always doing our services. So I, I'm doing a contract right now. Yeah. Um, the model that we've done too, and this, this could any, anybody wants to talk to me about this um, offline, I'm happy to. Um, there's ways of, of at least uh, contractors, or IT contractors, uh, working through one company in sort of tax efficient ways to to use your pre-tax dollars um, to to grow and develop a business without actually having to go and chase funding. Right. So um, it's taken me quite a few years to work out the, the levers and buttons for that model, but uh, it's, it's an effective way. So we can, the group of us, we're resourced and skilled to, to take this forward. 
It's super cool that you've been able to do what you've done. But one thing that interests me is like, how is it that you came to the realization that you could have an idea, but then you could actually turn it into a product? Yeah, well that, that happened when I was in the US at the ideas, the Aspen Ideas Festival. Um, I met a lot of uh, successful people, uh, some of the rock stars of science. Um, Brian Green, the physicist, uh, Marissa Mayer, as I said earlier. I even got a, a, a taxi home with a four-star army general who just toured the Aussie coast in a chopper. And so, you know, I was full of these ideas and successful people. I was standing in a meeting and Alan Greenspan was right next to me. We are both watching something about finance, I can't remember. But, mm. you know, um, I just came back with all that energy and uh, um, I, I figured I, I had to do something. I was interested in mobile health actually, which is devices and sensors and, and I, I was, there were health themes at that conference. So I was looking at all different technologies um, that, that could be put together to, to do mobile health so mm. tracking and now I've got trackers and all that sort of stuff. You know. mm. um, but I didn't really have the skill set or team to do that. So I sort of fell back into IT and went up to the uni, went up to, where I went to uni up at Griffith and pulled out all these books on AI and knowledge management and, and not just ideas, but like ways of making it happen and started to learn about some new technologies from, from gaming tech. I made a game for fun, just a simple, silly little game, but I, I learned whole new ideas around that. So I sort of went from ideas to, proto, to a little bit of research, to mm. prototyping. Mm. Um, probably one thing that I would advise myself back then is don't get too stuck in the research because uh, yeah. it was fun, but but it, it sort of did lend me down more of a technical path rather than a I've got to solve someone's problem path, mm. which is key. And I think it was three years later I was at um, a venture capitalist in Sydney. Um, can't remember their name, um, but he saw the technology introduced through a mentor. Um, and he said, this is quite cool, it's pretty amazing, but it might be worth a million bucks. Mm. Uh, and I, I can get another database and I can make a million bucks off it. But if that database is used to improve air safety or the efficiency of how planes come and land, that business problem's worth $100 million. Right. So what you do with the technology you make is more important. Yeah. So that's, again, that's another thing. You, you go from idea and you get excited and... Uh, I, something that allowed me to do it, um, uh, I'd, uh, I chose to take the risk and because mm. as a contractor I just figured I won't work for a year. Mm. So I took on more risk than I probably would have preferred in hindsight because I ended up um, uh, getting a big pay cut for a couple of years um, and uh, probably didn't need to do that. Um, this second time round, we're launching a new product without actually compromising incomes. Mm. So we're learning how to be more efficient and, and leaner. And essentially, don't there's no need to bring up your overheads until um, until you've got some revenue from your product. Mm. So we had an office in the city. Yeah, didn't really need it. It helped, but yeah, it yeah. wasn't critical. Yeah, um, and so. Obviously, we're in Brizzy. You've got a Brisbane-based startup. 
but the initial ability to make that idea happen came from the US, mm. where as we know, there's just a mentality there where we just make things happen. Do you think, how would you have been able to be in Brisbane or Melbourne or Sydney or somewhere in the middle of Australia and be able to somehow get that same mentality? Like? Well, it was, uh, when I left Australia, I think River City Labs had just started. So okay. Steve Baxter, uh, hands down to that fella, um, having pioneered, at least in Brisbane, I think Sydney and Melbourne had startup things you know, already going. Mm. They might have been a few years ahead. But Steve did it in Brisbane. He brought, I guess, the, he brought the land up that the ideas were able to nurture. And so that was one of the first uh, companies, not the very first, but within the first 12 months into River City Labs. Um, mm. I think there was about 20 companies when I went there. Mm -hmm. um, and that ecosystem was very supportive. Um, a lot of people with ideas. Uh, some people doing stuff, some people failing. Um, and I know a lot of companies that were around me then um, have failed. Um, we've kept on, but that's really only because of the services. It's not because startups are about products, not really mm. services. So, mm. um, uh, I think I think the infrastructure is here now. So okay. there's less reason to to uh, go. Well, why not? Yeah, oh, that's cool. And so ecosystem, yeah, startup ecosystem is, is up and running now. Yeah, and obvi obviously we're in a global world. There are people with these skill sets elsewhere. How do you then tie in globally and would you want to? Um, I've learned the lesson. The answer is you generally don't want to. Okay. Generally. Um, so when I started, uh, one of my colleagues um, uh, worked for an Indian company. Okay. And I just reached out to, because I... Um, uh, knew a lot of Indian developers. I reached out and um, found myself in Bangalore um, talking to some people I'd been online chatting about and bouncing ideas and looking at code they've written and so yeah I found myself in Bangalore and um, jumping off a train and then in, on the back of motorbikes through peak hour traffic and all sorts of smells and mm. um, and that was a really cool adventure but Ended up setting an office up an office in Bangalore. Okay. Um, a bit before its time again, uh, but um, uh, we shut that down eighteen months later, and we were finding it was more efficient to use local people, okay. especially for services. You can charge like you you, you get you get you charge more. Um, but you get more done. You get there's less communication breakdown, and that applies to your team. So if you have a development team offshore, mm. unless it's crystal clear what they need to do, mm. um, you'll probably find you're going to bounce back and forth a lot more. I had my on-site team here in the city office mm -hmm. turning stuff around in two weeks, mm. very quickly. Mm. Um, that would have taken two months offshore. And in that in that environment. Does it matter to be able to do stuff quickly or is it more important to keep costs down? Both. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I think the, the winning ticket is you want to build a, a team. You want to build a team where at least someone can develop. I, I really believe that if you're going into a technology startup, it, the ability to write code needs to be embedded in at least one of the co-founders. 
Yeah, okay. So um, I think they say you need a hustler, a hacker, a hustler, a hacker, and a designer now. Mm. Um, and I think that's right. Yeah. And it might be as you scale up, you, you, you want to get that revenue from your product going before you scale up. And you only want to take investment once you've proven you've got revenue on customers. Mm. That's another uh, lesson I've had. Um, so was it hustler, hacker, and designer? Yeah. Which of those hats do you feel most comfortable wearing? Um, I'm a generalist, so I kind of, I'm okay at all three. Okay. Uh, I used to teach coding. I've generally done design in my yeah. career and not coded, um, yeah. and I've sort of had to learn the hustle. So, yeah. Um, am I great at any one of them? Maybe design. Okay. <laughs> Good, maybe not great. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the other thing, all this has happened. How does timing play a part in all like all of the things that have been going on for you? Yeah, timing. It's funny you say that. I was watching a YouTube video. Um, I forget the guy's name, but he, I think he has Idea Lab or something in the US, mm -hmm. and they've mentored um, a bunch of companies you've heard uh, and seeded them. Um, Greg, Greg Krugs or Kriegs or something. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, there were five factors that he looked at um, across all these startups to work out which was um, the most important factors and there was funding, there was timing, there was team, there was idea, mm -hmm. uh, I forget the other few, but the number one, the, the top three that came up after the study was um, timing, which mm. surprised me. Idea mm -hmm. uh, was number two and team was number three. Mm. And funding, again, wasn't relevant and that sort of does hark back to if you really can make take something to market mm. with minimal resources and get customers then you're really only looking for funding to scale. Mm. And then, let's say I was someone who wanted to have a startup. How would I find mentors in the industry? Um, so, I'm happy, always happy to have a coffee with someone. I found that um, you know people are often out there to give time. Um, yeah. I I've had coffee and meetings and, and regular meetings with you know people who sit on big company boards people who now own their own 700 strong companies mm -hmm. um, but that's a little bit through the network um, mm. river city labs um, and like little tokyo and 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 those sorts of uh, places they've got networks and mentors now so mm. part of the ecosystem i do believe is you know they talk about failing and you learn from failing and some people don't get funding until they've failed mm. um i think there's a lot of value in that so brisbane to me if there's you know been a wave of startups i think we're in a second wave or maybe a third wave draw the start wherever you want but to me i saw a wave a few years ago and now more people are doing it and mm. I think you should be looking, trying to find the people who have been in that first wave, or even earlier, you know, their own businesses. Yeah, sure. And then, just to get a gauge of that, when you're trying, obviously you can do the idea and you can have someone help you with the idea, and then you can build a team and you can have someone help like, build that team. How do you know that the timing's right? For? For whatever it is that you've built. The product? Yeah. Um, market research will help. Um, so, 
the first product, the, the, the intelligent workspace, um, in a sense that was after the knowledge management wave, okay. which was the early 2000s. Okay. Um, and knowledge management, in a sense, parts of it have, I guess, revived in the AI because you've got to encode uh, knowledge into graphs or whatever for AI to run on. So cognitive computing runs on what I call knowledge, but the old stuff, you know. So I've got this dilemma, or I had this dilemma where, you know, knowledge management v1 failed. Mm -hmm. Is this AI world v2? Yeah, they're related, no mm -hmm. doubt. Um, this new product, um, I've done a little bit of research and it's around digital product management. Mm. Um, big companies are going to start shifting from project thinking into product thinking. The McKinsey article and a few other articles in the last year or two I've seen um, that you know, instead of these big projects or things being internally that the product mindset um, adds in your, your business model, your market research, your customer centric, your user design, more emphasis on that, so it's kind of a casing around the old sort of project management concepts. So I think this new product is going to time well. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I met someone in Sydney at a conference. Um, it was uh, September, uh, they call it um, Tech 23, September 23 every year, and it's a big startup conference in Sydney. Mm -hmm. And this old fellow walks in the room, he's 70, grey-haired, and he's got Microsoft Research. And I'm like, who's this fella? Like, mm. <laughs> anyway, I had a chat, and um, he is one of the godfathers of the um, original personal computer in the 70s, the PDP, okay. mm -hmm. uh, DEC Corporation, which I think was bought out by HP, and then, or Compaq, then HP, and then Dell, or, or I'm not sure. Um, so I said to him, You've seen a lot of, lot of startups in your time. What's the success formula? Mm. He said luck. Really? And and I think timing. You know that there's factors there. I think you can control. Um, if you see a problem and it's a real problem, and you do the research, um, and you do the competitive analysis, uh, there's a fair chance I reckon you'll succeed. Mm. Um, but uh, there's also some luck. I think for every one Elon Musk, there's a hundred you haven't heard of. Yeah, yeah. Same abilities. Right. And he was the lucky one. Okay. Yeah. And so you think that there, there are a hundred other people that are similar to Elon Musk. It's just that luck hasn't worked out for them and we don't know about them? Yeah. Well, he got into, what was his, uh, PayPal and that yeah. gave him some money and then he got into the next and then mm. the next, right? So um, it's that little spark. Um, it's... It is being able to get away from the constraints, economic constraints that 90% of us mm. have. You know, we've got a power mortgage and all yeah. that, and I think that unfortunately is a real, real barrier. Uh, which is why I like these um, incubators, but still, it doesn't solve your rent. Yeah. If 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 I made 10, 20 million dollars, I'd think about a farm where people with cool ideas could come along and just shack up for the year and zero cost and yeah. go for it. And, it uh, and, and so for you, if, if money wasn't a thing, or you could provide that farm for young people or older people or whoever has an idea that can go up and do it, you're, what really excites you about is getting a team together, hashing something out and then seeing what you can make out of it. 
Yeah. Yeah, so lately I've been quite interested and excited about you know, the idea of product management and product management advisory, which is a service I'll be um, starting up next year, um, sometime next year. And uh, what's cool about product management, again, it's it's the hack of the hustler, the coder. You've got your business team, you've got your comms team, you've got your, your design, your, your artwork, you've got your technical, you've got your data, you've got all this stuff that has to come together mm. for for success. Mm. And, and um, doing it together and the team aspect, um, that's pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, I think we've probably covered everything. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about? Uh, yeah, happy to. If anybody ever wants to, you know, reach out, happy to have a chat, coffee. Um, mm. Yeah. I think I, the one thing I will say is, obviously, you left Australia, and you saw other people doing cool things, and you realised you could come back and. To Australia and do that and one of the reasons I've set up this series is because I don't think we as people who've grown up in Brisbane get the opportunity to see other people in Brisbane doing amazing things or we don't necessarily get the opportunity to see to go overseas and witness what's yeah. possible so I think that was the case when I started Right. on this journey, like, and okay. I think it was just changing. So I think the message I'll put out there now is um, get out, join Silicon Valley on Meetup, Silicon Beach, sorry, Silicon okay. Beach on Meetup. Um, okay. There's a number of Meetups where um, there's people starting companies or they've got ideas, they're socialising them, um, the conversations are about you know, pitching and raising capital. Uh, um, they can be premature. Um, but the, the ecosystem is there. Right. So sure. um, first, you know, there's nothing stopping a after Friday after work, go to one of those functions, drop into a, a River City Labs or a um, little Tokyo, Lismore, um, the capital. Mm -hmm. um, go to those functions. Uh, you'll meet people doing it. Uh, and there are people now who are um, selling their companies. So I know, um, I know someone who's just sold their company to, uh, to Deloitte. Uh, mm -hmm. I know of another company that's been sold for $31 million to Accenture. Okay. Um, these are Brisbane, Brisbane companies. Yeah, cool. So, uh, and I know there's other startups in Brisbane that are doing well now. I can't recall them, so it's here. Mm. The other side of that is obviously you work, you've got an IT background. A lot of people that work in IT spend a lot of their time online. Do you think you would have met the same people or found the right opportunities if you tried to do it? All online, or did you need to meet people in person? You got to learn how to network. Yep. Yeah. When I started, I just I was a bit awkward. Okay. Needed to have extra few beers to get around, all right? Yeah. But now it's just it's standard. Yeah. So um, yeah, you, you can't do it on. You got to develop those skills if you're going to be a founder. Right. Well, I think the cool thing coming out of that is that this is beers with mates mentors. I run a monthly meetup called Beers With Mates on the first Thursday of every month. And I actually built that because I'd seen something in Canada when I lived in Toronto. I'd never seen it like it before. It's a pretty simple idea. It's just some interesting questions and a group of people. But he was trying to build it towards a business model and the business model didn't necessarily work. So it was something that he just let go. And I came back to Brisbane and I went, you know what? 
I could do the same thing here because the underlying idea was good. And what's really cool now is I'm seeing that come into fruition. And it's not to make money. It is just to have a good group of people get together. And it's pretty cool when I know that one group of my mates meets another group of my mates and we all get along and have an interesting chat over a few beers. So obviously the flip side of that is if you feel like you're uncomfortable, obviously you're going to need to learn to network and it's easier if you're amongst sort of friends of friends. Hmm. So that's kind of the whole point of yeah. that event. And if, you, if you've got an idea, yeah, well that sounds like a great event. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you. If you've got an idea, you start to socialise. Like, don't give all the secrets away, but yeah. socialise it. Yeah. Yeah. And do you find at that point where you have an idea and then you talk about it with someone else, other things come up for you? Or is that, is that some of the way that you do your thinking? Or are you best on your own thinking about My stuff, things? so the first product was ahead of the curve. Okay. So I had a lot of trouble talking to people um, about it, yeah. about it. Um, and that that might actually be a red flag Okay. Um, if you can't talk about it. Yeah. I constantly was trying to explain what this thing did. Yeah, right. And, and even after years of it, I'm better now, but I still haven't like nailed it. Okay. So um, yeah, uh, I think uh, the second product, it's it's a lot easier. I explain it and people go, oh yeah, I get that. Oh, what if it did this? Oh yeah, it could. Yeah. Sure. So, definitely. I mean, that's one of the things. It's um, when when you do your minimum viable product, uh, you you got to know your customers and you got to validate with them. You got to validate early, and that is, you know, you don't you can validate an idea. Mm-hmm. You can then you could then draw something on the back of a notepad, mm-hmm. a screen, and then validate that. Mm-hmm. You don't have to spend tens of thousands of dollars on code. Mm-hmm. I don't. I haven't done this, but I got friends who just throw up a website with some questions and some ideas and then they SEO it, get the ranks and people who are looking for that something to solve that problem, they've, they've got the, the data there. Really? Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, that's cheeky, but yeah. <laughs> you haven't made the product yet, but you're promising it. But it's really a market survey, you know, so. Cool. Well, Justin, thanks very much for your time, mate. No really worries, Chris. appreciate it. Yeah. And I uh, look forward to seeing What's in store for you in the future? Yeah, cool. Oh, and if, if people do want to reach out, what's the best way to find you? Um, you'll find me on LinkedIn, Justin okay. Hume. Um, that's probably the simplest, and from there, emails, phone numbers. Awesome. Yeah. Very good. Thanks again.